Jack Slayback. Jack speaking. Hey, I got the wrong number. Sorry. No, you got the right number. <laughs> and I was getting the wood, and I was had so many engineering things to do here that well, I had to get up and get the wood. So I missed my engineering trick another time. But li listen to these guys for one second. Yeah, a, a little, uh, well, um, um, Patagonian, I think, here, actually. They're called the Los Panchos. And uh, there's three guys and a girl. And uh, they come out of Colombia, I think. Wow. <laughs> hey, that's, that's good. I wanted to talk to you about music, actually. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, I'm, I, let me just turn these boys down, though. Oh, there we go. Yeah, they're on low. They're on low now. Oh. Yeah, so uh, how's it going up there? Yeah, it's good. You know, if um, I don't know, a few weeks ago, uh, I told you about uh, the menace of mechanical music. The what? The menace of mechanical music. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And you told me that mathematics has no room for emptiness. Right. In other words, I mean, <clears throat> listen to this. The whole course of music from its first day to this has been along the line of making it the expression of soul states. In other words, of pouring into it soul. Wagner, representing the climax of this movement, declared again and again, uh, I will not write even one measure of music that is not thoroughly sincere. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh -huh. And, and yeah, it go I mean, go, go. And it goes on. <clears throat> it goes on. The nightingale song is delightful because the nightingale herself gives it forth. The boy with a penny whistle and a glass of water may give an excellent imitation, but let him persist. He is sent to bed as a nuisance. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> now that's good. Who, who wrote that stuff? So what are you reading from here? So this is John Philip Sousa. John Philip Sousa, the March King, left, right, left, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's him. No, right, right, right. <clears throat> well, Wagner, Christ, he's a, he's a great example. I mean, he believed it, and so did the uh, Third Reich and Hitler. They believed it, too. So, uh, I mean, that, that is, at one level, that's art at an inspiration that, uh, well, it's dangerous. Let's just say that. Well, it turned out it was dangerous, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, because when when uh, when they had these uh, ten thousand soldiers all, all saluting Hitler and little wee figure up on this huge building, all all, all crazy, all crazy uh, czar like people like Trump and Hitler and, and a lot of these guys. Uh, uh, they identify with architecture. We have spoken about this before, where Albert Speer, 
was was Hitler's architect, and they built huge things because that's what Hitler wanted, and he wanted to stand on top of them. And it's a strange irony. Uh, this guy Don Trump, I mean, he he's totally into into like big buildings and with his name on them, blah blah. Even if he doesn't own them, uh, so. Uh, so there is a trait that runs down through these people for whatever reason, <clears throat> that they just want to have huge, they want to associate with huge inanimate objects. Maybe that's kind of the avatar world. Well, I, I sort of think it might be, actually. I don't know anything about it. But but you, you want to associate with inanimate objects that really don't, don't require anything from you. Mm-hmm. But they are uh, uh, they're there to protect you in theory. I mean, in fact, is that they don't protect you at all because one thing about it, these guys have a short reign. I mean, Hitler lasted fourteen years, so that's quite a long time. But most of these guys have got two or three years and bingo, throw people get tired of their little act. But um, yeah, well, I got yeah, fr- yeah. I got friends who think that. That music is just mathematics. It's just mathematics. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's okay. I mean, that's okay. We got to... In order to have the round language of of life, you've got to have everybody in the pool. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, I've heard a lot of strange stuff in my time, traveling around and all, but, uh, you know... I I, used to, I I think about like that that subject there. I mean that you know I don't, right now I'm I'm busy doing something else. But if I had the time and the energy, I, I would think about that and I would write a piece about it. Uh, just a little essay or just my thoughts or, or something like that. You should keep on. Are you writing every uh, a lot? Uh, not every day, but are you writing at all there? No, I'm not really writing so much. Oh, uh, well, I don't know, man. Uh, take, then, then the preparation for writing is taking in information. So yeah. You, yeah. So you're you're in the taking the information in uh, category, and eventually you'll start r- writing it down again. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I could be writing. I guess the, the difference between uh, a writer and a lo- uh, and uh, and a lonely person is it. A writer is is doing something. <laughs> well, uh, deliberately. Yeah. Yeah, the lonely person is writing from emotion, uh, and uh, because they can't be writing from instinct. There, there is no instinct for loneliness. I mean, that's just <clears throat> that, that's not that's not a word that exists in that in that realm. But do you and think? It's not a, do you think huh? of writing as like? Um, I mean, is it work? It's hard work, huh? Learning how is I mean you got like s- skate it's like skating. Learning how to skate is the hardest part of skating. <laughs> Once you know how to skate, then the pieces all flow in. Bing 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 and suddenly you're skating, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, is, is it is part of learning how to skate uh, I mean learning how to write, getting just getting comfortable sitting down at a desk somewhere? Sorry. Is that part of it? <laughs> Sorry, I just I just left Lulu. <laughs> I'm gonna have I'm gonna drink a coffee here. 
Ah, <coughs> oh, the Lulu. I went to the Lulu store yesterday and tried to buy something that was going to work and help me, but oh, all the crap they grow these days. Oh, fuck, man. Mm -hmm. We had two kinds. We had the red and the green, and and the red... Uh, the red made jam and nap, and the green got put you up in the roof fixing the fucking tiles. So uh, now they got six. I went to the pot store yesterday, and they got 9,000 kinds, and everybody's given their own thing, their own name. And a, a lot of the stuff just isn't any fucking good. I mean, I, I don't even know if they could tell. There's three kinds of marijuana. There's a sativa and indica. And then there's ruderalis. It's a, it's a marijuana. It's a it's a kind of it's a kind of cannabis that you you grow for uh, hemp. You, you can't get the 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 the, the pot the uh, marijuana that they grow for hemp. You can't get high from. There's nothing. Uh, it's just it's a different looking plant altogether. I I had a chance to grow one one time, but. Uh, I uh, know. So I, I don't know if these people even know if, if you gave them a bunch of fucking ruderalis and they planted it. It looks just like the rest of the stuff. Big old buds, beautiful looking thing, except there's no, it doesn't get you high. <laughs> and so you throw the buds away in that case and you use the, the stock for for making rope. But uh, any man, so I tried to get high. But, but why why is it red and green? What, what do those uh, represent? Just the two kinds, that was it. What one one of the buds looked uh, redder, reddish, and the other the other strain, the other bud on the other strain looked kind of purpley blue. So we called it green. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So what what was the question there? I, I wandered off. Sorry, man. I had a choking fit there. Uh, the question was uh, what. Uh, the question was about writing and whether, uh, oh, right. like you were saying, if you want to skate, you got to learn to skate first. Right, right. Anyways. Yeah, you wanted to know about sitting down and starting. Yeah, I'm, well, <laughs> I'm wondering, no. I'm wondering if, if, if anyone can do it, you just have to kind of, well, not you everyone. You got to be visceral, okay, can let, let's just, I mean, the best that I can say here about this because mm -hmm. because this is difficult what we're talking about here well the best i can say about it because because six thousand guys are going to have six thousand opinions but for me personally it's very visceral okay <clears throat> uh at first i was looking around when i was like 21 24 i was living in, now living in new york and living been living in montreal and toronto and, and so I'm looking around now, and I've decided that uh, writing sort of suits me. So I'm looking around, uh, because I'm a curious kind of guy, uh, I decided that all the stuff that I'm looking at, which I would find funny or not funny or sad, or I would make some opinion, if I wanted, about something I saw, that that was just a waste of time, and that I needed to try to use this stuff as material. A man walking his dog, and he's carrying a little cup of water with him. And I see him. I'm sitting in the restaurant there having a bagel and a, some cream cheese. And I see him across the street. We're talking about New York. And there's an old man walking over there, elderly fella. And, and he got a dog on a leash, a little dog. And he's got a little cup of water in his hand, a little something in his hand. Anyway, I 
can't really tell. And then, uh, and then he stops, and he puts his cup down on the on the ground, and the dog has a couple of drinks. He has a couple, and then bingo, the dog not interested no more. So the old guy picks the thing up, and off they go on down the street. And I was just thinking to myself, <clears throat> well, man, <clears throat> what a wonderful thing. And so I actually wrote a little poem about it. It wasn't very good. The poem wasn't very good. The imagery was wonderful. But I realized right then and there that in order for me to get this image down, I was going to have to go deeper into it than just observing it. I'm going to have to think about it. <laughs> and so, so that was the next step after just observing and putting it down in its coarsest form. Uh, then the next step was I was going to have to think about what I was going to put down here. Well, then now we've entered the doorway. We've reached the doorway of the writer person. Because now I have to think about it. So I have to think some sort of formula thing. Of, I mean, you know, what, what am I thinking about? So I'm thinking about old old age. There's an old guy there. He's, he doesn't have a cane, though. He's moving slow, but he doesn't have a cane. And then he's got a dog. And I'm thinking, well, he lives in some old park compartment somewhere. And there, not a walk up, not too far up. I mean, old guys are tough with the stairs, but but he's got a ground floor apartment somewhere uh, near nearby. He lives in the neighborhood. And uh, <laughs> and so then you build from that. You build out little uh, communities of where all these people are living around, and, and you start marking them down. And and uh, and it go it 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 grows after that, and pretty soon the whole. I mean, I don't write about anybody I know. I don't write about anybody that I sort of know. I don't write about the community. I don't write about uh, anybody around me at any level or whom I've ever known. I don't want that responsibility, and I'm not going to make that kind of a judgment because. Writing is writing is a judgment. So, uh, but I do use all of it. Uh, I use all all that material I, right here at, at Fort Bragg and Mendo and that and that. Not necessarily to to write about them, but to jog something in my mind. Just you know, just something, you know, some idea, you know, just whatever. It, it's all grist for the mill. It's not necessary that you identify it. It's only necessary that you uh, do the best you can at it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not a... <clears throat> this isn't going to be a thing that you're going to be able to buy a textbook to learn, okay? Yeah. You do it because... Gonna, well, I guess... Because it ain't in there. If it was in there, the writing in the planet would be fantastical. In fact, it stinks. They're terrible writers out there. I mean, they use words. They just use words, and they think writing is all about words. It's a, words is uh, half of it, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Imagery is a hell of a lot stronger than words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of my, I, I did take writing class. That's the other thing you can do. Uh, right there in Vancouver or wherever is one night a week. You could, there's going to be writing classes done by somebody who who, who actually can teach, not some fucking nitwit. But usually uh, junior JC, junior colleges or or uh, 
you know, in your night school at the university or something, uh, there's going to be writing class. And, and, and you know, they're not going to tell you how to write. But what they are going to do is give you a bunch of clues. <clears throat> and I, I, I took two writing classes. And uh, uh, I, was re- I, I really benefited from them. Uh, just, you know, because in my mind, all ideas are just wild horses, and they're just galloping all over the goddamn place. And uh, some of them are good, and some of them are good, and some run away forever, and, and some good ones run away forever, and I, never, I can never recover them. But it's important to lasso some of them and, and get them under control. Uh, and uh, Why? Why is that? Like what I'm wondering, well, want, what I'm wondering is, you do it because you you want to, or do you do it because you have to? I have to. That's what I do. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love my doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love my life. I love spying. I love looking around and trying to figure it all out. Yeah. <laughs> so you're probably most concerned with with impressing yourself. I mean, not impressing yourself, but oh, I'm very critical of me. Yeah, well, it pisses me right off if I don't do it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I listen to my, some of these things tapes that I'm doing <laughs> and some of the shit that we've done, and and uh, I, I've read I read my work a lot into my own little machine. We'll talk about the machine in a few minutes. But I read it in, and I listen back to it, and uh, I mean, some of it's just not very good. But, but uh, okay, I just lit the Lulu again, and I realized that I might have a coughing spin. Yeah, hang on. Okay, so we're having a little Latin moment there for the for the moment. Uh, yeah, where were we? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was saying what, uh, about my jolly life because uh, because I, I I love doing what I do. Uh, that's what I do. I mean, I decided when I was about you know, uh, but when, when my soul was born. Uh, I was about 32, and that's about the time, and that's the time they figure out it works. So I, the, before 32, I I, I was looking and, and, and trying to figure, you know, I, I still thought that I, I could have another career. I didn't realize that, my, that everything that I had learned up to that point was going to uh, <coughs> be, be the path of the future. Well, when I turned 32, 33, I went to Big Sur, and I got involved with Grinchip and dancing and, and and John Cage and learning about the the mysteries and so on and so forth. And that. Well, that opened up, that that part of my adventure opened up the rest of the question. The question is, what's outside the frame? And... <laughs> The answer is the next step, you know. So when I went to Big Sur and, and started to try to enlighten myself, to drop that old 
snakeskin Bill Brad and start this new guy. Uh, I went, to, I went to him, got a writing. I went to a writing class, started learning about it, le- learning, learning, learning. I spent three years in Big Sur learning, and uh, then when I came away from there, I never had to go there again. But uh, yeah, so the, you know, but these are time steps. We're talking about time here. Mm. Mm, correct. Uh, but but. Uh, I mean, at some point down the road, man, you, you, you're going to arrive at a place where it's going to be crystal clear what it is you ought to be doing. And But until you arrive at that place, uh, what I'm saying isn't going to be quite as relevant because you, you would still have questions about it, whereas once you reach that place, the, those questions disappear. Mm-hmm. The... the, the uh, the what next question disappears once once you're about thirty two, thirty three, and you the, the picture becomes crystal clear, so antiseptic. But uh, yeah, well, that's the danger. <laughs> so, uh, well, is that for everybody? Oh yeah. Well, what oh, about yeah. people who have midlife crises? They lost their nerve. Uh huh. They, they, they did. The soul was born, but they didn't recognize it. They did not recognize that there, that there had been a change in their lives. Men who are forty, forty-five, they still think they're fucking thirty. I mean, you know, that, that that's where their crisis comes in because they suddenly realize that they're not thirty anymore. That, that they're at the dreaded, the mm-hmm. dreaded. Middle age, which which men, which society insists upon that you have to acknowledge middle age. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just bullshit. Oh, hey, the cat wants to chime in about middle age. Yeah, do you have a cat? Yeah, we do, but he's uh, he's on his last legs now. Oh, too bad, too bad. The old boy. What was his name? Plato. What? Plato. Really? Yeah. I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. 18 yeah, well, years we old. Huh? I said 18 years old. Oh, that's, yeah, well, that's mature. That, that, that's, that's a mature guy. Uh, our cat is Kobe. She's about 11. And she's named after Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, I, I guess. Judy gave her that name, and... And she's a good girl, but she's not much of a jumper. But she's very much of an ant eater, which is what we need in a cabin full of ants. Mm-hmm. So she scopes around on the floor all the time, gobbling up the tiny ants that you can't see, really. Well, you could see them if you got down on your hands and knees. But <laughs> I just glanced at the clock here. I realized that it's 10 o'clock. Uh, what, how is your feeling about the time this year? I'm, I'm going to allow you to think about that, eh? Uh, we got a few. More, we got five more minutes, something like that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I was I'm a bit ready. late to the gate. Huh? I oh, said yeah, I'd yeah. Say, that's right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Well, you you just let me know because uh, no, there's no problem here. Yeah, I won't even let you know. I'll just hang up on you. Oh yeah. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> I'm just what? joking. <laughs> what? 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 Uh? Yeah. So. 
just getting back to that other part about, uh-huh. uh, I mean, the thing is, if you're, if you're recording this nonsense, then uh, later on in life, when you're when you're 35 or so, 40-ish, you can play this shit back, and you can think, well, God damn, listen to that yo-yo. And, and so, you know, you can have thoughts, thoughts about it that are not questions. <laughs> hmm. Hey, I had another. I had another question, actually. Sorry. No, no, it's good. It's good. This is this is what what it is. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I was outside uh, last night, and uh, and going for a walk with our with our dog, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he sat down, and and I sat next to him, and I was just patting him, you know, on his head, and talking, and yeah. uh, and he was looking around. And sure, sure, they can hear, you know, their e- ears stick right up, in, and it's the middle of the night, yep. their ears stick yep. right up, and they're moving around like little satellites, and they can hear, I don't know, how much more than we can. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so I thought, I thought if I was quiet enough, maybe I could hear that too. And the only, yeah. th- the only thing I heard was a ringing in my ear. And so I'm wondering... What this ringing is, because I had, I had a teacher, a uh, music teacher, um, you know, 10 years ago, who told, told me that, yeah. that this was the music of the spheres. This was like the, the harmonic frequency resonating of the planets spinning around. Oh. Wow. You ever heard something like that? No, I never have, but I, I can see the logic in it. It, it makes sense. That in fact, I find that quite interesting, actually. Huh. Huh. Isn't that interesting? But then the question that I have is, well, uh, is that if we're born into this world, surely we hear this ringing from oh, we do. from day one. So yeah, we do. So why why is it a ringing? I mean, certainly if 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 it's just there, it, it it's not there in a way. I mean, wouldn't you only okay. hear it if there was an absence of it? Okay, let me just say this, okay. Transcendental meditation has to do with that. Okay? It has to do with the ring. When you go into TM and you go sink deep, that's where you end up. Okay? Simple as that. I know. It's a, it's a fucking wower. And that's what I thought, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know. There are places where uh, death has not kicked in the door yet. It's very magical out there, man. It's just completely magical. I mean, yeah. If you listen, have... if you listen in, that's one part of it, sure. And when you do that, you then realize that there's another part of it, and that is feeling the armature, feeling the armature of the bridge, just. 
taking that strength within yourself. That's the whole fucking thing about the buildings. That's what Hitler and Trump and these people were hoping to get. They were hoping to 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 just take in the the arbiture of the building, the structure, apply it to their inner structure themselves, their own arbiture. Of course, they were not spiritual. They're stupid men. And, uh, but they did were clever enough to understand the principle, so that you have to give them that. It made them dangerous. Understanding the principle has always made people dangerous. But, uh, yeah, so taking, yeah, but the, the ringing, <coughs> there were no, there, no wait, the, the piano teacher there, whoever that fellow person, person was, that, that woman, they, uh, they told you a smart thing. Yeah. Uh, well, what the other thing they were saying is, <clears throat> we were studying uh, history of music in college, right. and uh, and the Greek, if I can remember this, uh, the Greek um, uh, understanding of music was in three parts. So there is a music that comes from the instrument. Yeah. There's the music that comes from the the human being, and then right. there's the music that comes from the harmony of the spheres or the universe. Right. And so, if you can get these three plates spinning right. at the same time, yeah. then I guess uh, then you're well. You you're the Buddha then, uh, yeah. Well, that's the same concept with Gurdjieff. I mean, the three putting the three units together. Mm-hmm. Usually, one person works out of one one plate, or or if they're very adept, they can work two plates. But uh, three plates is a very very maybe Kuzovsky, maybe I don't know, Juan the Landowski. I mean, maybe there are player performers uh, capable of of that. Uh, certainly Chopin, but but uh, uh, I mean that that I mean it's sort of beyond any of us. I mean none, none of us are going to be Buddha, and, and, and so that's the. Uh, I mean, with extreme energy and fa- of fact, that one can actually function from the instinct and the emotion and the intellect, but. Uh, <clears throat> So is this just one big puzzle we have uh <clears throat> pick up the pieces and try to fit them together somehow? No, well yeah, I'm recognizing the fact that you're going to living your one life you're living not you but a person they real suddenly they realize that they're living their whole life out of the cardboard box of emotion or the cardboard box of intellect. The third, of course, being instinct. They 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 don't know anything about that. Uh, so, but they do realize that everything, every decision they make is emotional, or every decision they make is intellectual, uh, and they do eventually re- recognize that. So their question is: well, Should they be amplifying this? I mean, do they get they go to the university? If they're intellectuals, they all end up at the university there together with the same sort of mumble-jumble baloney that they talk to each other looking at the young girls. I mean, I, I don't know. but uh, Yeah, it's a red herring. 
red herring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ex- exactly right. <clears throat> but they, uh, where the hell did we go there? I don't know. Uh, can I hear some more of that music? Absolutely. <clears throat> You never okay, get tired well, of that, huh? No, I, I love that shit. Now, it, it, uh, <clears throat> there's two fantastic groups. These groups are, are, are okay. They're, they're okay. You know, they are what they are. But, uh, but there's a, a trio Las Paraguays. Uh, I, I don't know uh, uh, if you can still get them. They, were, they, they performed like 40 years ago. Uh, and there were two groups. Trio Las Paraguays and Trio Las. Uh, who are these yo-yos? Oh, these are Las Pachos. No, no. Uh, then there are two groups at, at, at the top level of this sort of music uh, during the 50s, 60s and 70s. And, and one of them was Trio Las Paraguays. And, and uh, they probably still have, you know, you can still probably hear their music, but they were, they were really, really good. Uh, these fellas are good, but the, but the other guys are really really good. It's like in the world of of uh, of gospel groups, people think that the Blind Boys of Alabama are the best group, but they haven't heard the Blind Boys of Mississippi. But the Blind Boys of Mississippi are really fucking good. It's a slight difference, just a tiny, just a tinchy inch of of a of a of of a measurement. What the fuck was that? Oh, it's my firewood. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so the the measurement there between the blind boys of Alabama and the blind boys of Mississippi is is minimal, but there is a difference. And uh, it's don't. And if you if you have the right ear, and you do, you you can hear the difference. Same with the Pacho boys. <laughs> well, it's so small that it's huge. Actually, I mean this difference. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Yep, it's exactly right. And and that's one of the measurements that you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So what do words mean? Well, they don't really mean a hell of a lot because they have so many, there's so many angles and and connections to them. You can't trust words. So words are not good, but we have to use them. But language is another thing altogether. Uh, And so in language, uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, in the writing business, I've never been a words guy. Uh, but by using rhythms, by using music, you can get away from the fucking words. Words will appear. They'll disappear like Bobby Dylan, like Dylan said, 
friends arrive and friends will disappear. Well, it's the same with words. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, I'm not a words guy. They say, well, words are going to present content. Well, they could. But the content is so fucking boring and so so rotten. And all you're using is words. Then you're going to lose me real quick. Mm -hmm. And it's just... uh... It's just numbers. It's just yeah, mathematics. Right. Yeah, there you go. Yep, yep. No, no, that, this ring thing is the enemy of mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. And, and that's why we're not going to be mathematical into, in excess. So why? Is it because it, it comes to a, a perfect conclusion of the thing when <clears throat> actually the thing can't be explained in other, any other way? Oh, that, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the ring is a ring. It's not an equation. It's not a number. No, no not at all. Yeah. Not, not at all. And not only that, <clears throat> numbers take intellect. Birds hear the ring. Yeah. You know, birds are completely instinctual. Uh, and uh, they, they hear it. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, I, my, my feeling, and I've always felt this way about it, is to try to beat down the intellect. That, that it, it really, it's really arrogant, and it really wants to just blow its own horn. <clears throat> but it's it's. It takes the magic away. Well, it's really, yeah, well, it, 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 want, it quantifies it, 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 it wants to quantify it at least, you know, how much magic do we need here? <laughs> yeah, it makes, yeah. Us, it makes us think that we can understand it. Yeah, no, right, 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 right. <clears throat> That's why these people work at these universities and write these large papers about this or that or the other thing, and they live in big homes and drive big cars. They learn some goddamn little trick, and they keep it to themselves. Yeah. And and uh, uh, and then they resent anybody else who comes along uh, because they got their own bailiwick, uh, and that's it. I mean, I <clears throat> there's a Canadian writer. What the hell was his name? He he he, he was ensconced at the University of Toronto. I mean, he was a big writer, Canadian writer, some old old guy, some old fart. Uh, I don't know anything about Canadian writers. I, I don't think there. Well, there's a couple, maybe. I don't even know who the fuck they are. But uh, no, this guy, he was a famous old guy. And well, well, my point here is that this famous old right Canadian writer guy, famous, everybody knew knew who he was. He sat his ass down in, in University of Toronto, and they built a building around the guy. <laughs> and so, so in order to go to this fellow, this man, and, and uh-huh. I don't know, do what, frankly, uh, he ain't going to help you. I mean, his writing was what it was. It was words. Uh-huh. And they tried to make them into sentences, which turned you into streets, which turned you into buildings, which turned you into sky and birds and animals. I mean... 
he tried that trick. He didn't make good at it, but it was the trick that he knew. And they built a building around him. And this happens an awful lot in these universities. Well, these people and, are technicians, and they and they worship scientists. Yeah, they do. No, uh, I understand. Yeah, you're right. Of course. Yes, sir. You're absolutely right on that score. So it's 20, 20 minutes after 10. I'm just announcing the time because I happen to be looking at it. But uh, I'm going to leave the time. They're just time pushing. Uh, huh? They're huh? just pushing words around on paper. Oh well, like, totally. A fucking well, like monk- when- monkey could do that. Yeah, well, totally. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Now, I've always thought that that ten thousand monkeys typing at ten thousand typing machines could uh, eventually type out Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but these are monkeys, and they don't know what fuck they're doing. And so whatever they get is going to be completely accidental if they get anything good at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, so okay, so this is so I go to I get my grade ten at school. I go to school up Townsville High School there. I get to my grade ten. And once I got my grade, it took me four years. I, I was uh, first we called them forms when I went in high school. When I went to high school, I had five forms. Grade nine or whatever you call them, freshman or whatever they call them here, I don't know. Uh, but in grade nine, you started, and then you went to grade 10, and then you went to grade 11, and then you grade 12, and then you went. And then in, uh, the, in my high school, where there was only uh, 200, 300 kids, uh, by the time we got to grade uh, 13, there was only six kids left, and they were all the kids of rich people. Yeah. Everybody else had to get a fucking job. But grade, getting your grade ten, you went got to grade nine. You're in, you're in start now. So you got you you get your grade ten. So you've been at the fucking high school two years. And if you can't figure life out after that, uh, well, you're, good luck to you. So uh, so I got my grade ten, and, and then, but it took me a couple of years to get it. So I went on, to, but I was interested in history and English. So I went on to. I went to grade uh, grade eleven, and I actually went to grade twelve. It took me a few years to get grade ten, but uh, well, I wasn't interested in it. So, so I would run away. I would go out. Huntsville High School was right against the forest. You could go out the back the back door of the high school, right into the forest, and be gone all goddamn day, and they wouldn't know you were missing. Uh, well, they, yeah, they knew I was missing. But any event, uh, my point here is that in high school. In history class, if you if 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 you snooze through the Peloponnesos Wars, okay, and so you weren't paying attention to Xerxes and and uh, that crew, uh, <laughs> and then you look at the exam at the end of the year because you you're trying to get out of grade eleven and go home there as a smart ass in grade twelve. Uh, right on the goddamn paper there, it says, uh, and, and how is Xerxes' life at, at Thermopylae? And you're thinking, how is Xerxes' life going at Thermopylae? I don't fucking remember that at all. And so now you're in trouble. Because your whole goddamn military scholarly career is now locked into this Thermopylae business. Mm-hmm. So you start to wing it, if you got any sense at all, and you're winging it. And you fill up, a, you don't, you go for pages now, man, because you don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> so you fill in as much, 
And so you go on and on about this and that, that spelling of Thermopylae and, and how it must have been hot and cold. You just fill up pages with bullshit. So when, when the question of, uh, of the filling in the answer on Thermopylae and they only give you a certain amount of space and then you're supposed to add your own C page 2, uh, you're writing down C page 16. <laughs> You know, because you're pretending that you know an awful lot about thermophili. And this was one of the old tricks that we used to do. If when we went into classes where we didn't have fucking clue. But we can't do that with science and mathematics. But with geography and history, and history, those two courses, you could make it all up. And we did. And that's what's going on now with words. They're just filled in space. Too bad. Yeah. No, it's not too bad. Sometimes things are going good. Yeah. I hear decent writing. I think people are turning. I think the way that we're talking today, right here, uh, in five years from now, is going to be considered the the middle way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I see that ahead of us here. I'm. I'm actually. I was on this uh, Zoom poetry thing up, when, up in Seattle. I mentioned it when I was standing in Ukiah. I, I joined this little. Once I did it with Teresa, Teresa Whitehill, the woman who designed my book, which is a beautiful book, Continental Ghost, but she designed it, and I saw her in Ukiah, and she and I went on Zoom, and, and uh, but uh, what I, I listened to, a, a woman came on, and she was really good. She understood the ring part, and uh, I, I was impressed. I, I thought... I even said to these Zoom people that I thought what she did and what I did was going to be the writing of the future. And I think so also. And I, I believe that to be true. Well, they do. Well, you, you're a young guy, okay? And so you open up, you go to the bestseller, fictional bestseller, number one crap ass. You go there and you start reading it. I don't go there. No. No, you don't have to. Just get the New Yorker and read the little stories that they write in there that they pay them a lot of money for. Uh, but it, it, you don't. It's not necessary to know what they do. Hey, I was never interested. Huh? You know what I was reading though? Uh, Bre- uh, Brendan Bean. Oh yeah, I'm right. Oh really? Wow. Okay, you're on the right track. I read him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ball store boy. Was that it? Uh, I don't know. We got a book downstairs in the, in the basement. Uh-huh. Can't remember the well, name it of it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He wrote, uh, <clears throat> he wrote a play called Ball store boy. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. What? Hey, um, uh... So it's 45 minutes here. Okay. So uh, well, let's have a little after. On the bridge. Let's have a well, little afterthought. I'll call you back. All right. Yeah. Okay. Call, call me back in five minutes. All right. Okay. Bye. Right. Goodbye.